cheers to episode 76. Seven, Everyone's six. drinking. Yeah, Alex. Oh, yeah, the other know. two of us. It's a high noon in the fridge. Watch him ask right here. I bet it's coming. I'm definitely leaving this in. Yeah, you can have the last high noon. <laughs> Notice he, he said beer is community. High noon is not beer. It's the first high thing noon, that came to my head, okay, Grant? High noon is elite. It's real fucker, real juices. Oh, yeah. Oh, get dead giveaway. Mango. I am drinking pineapple. High noon. Great flavor. It's great Freaking flavor. Bud Light next. Nooner mango. Future. Um, all right. It is Wednesday, my dudes. My dudes. June 15th, 7.09 p.m. What a random time to read off. You're welcoming in, you're listening to the number one sports podcast in Michigan, where you get your fill of Detroit, Michigan athletic updates, and it's hot outside, and people are talking about it. It's toasty. <laughs> it's rough. It's walking into an oven when you step outside. Yeah. I enjoy warm weather, and I do not like cold weather. So it doesn't bother me. Speaks from, oh, yeah. says from the office, boy. That didn't, didn't work out in the heat today. We get it, Evan. You worked outside. Do you want to feel bad for every, No, I want. I feel bad for everybody else that actually had to work outside longer than I did. I feel bad for the melt deck at Irvin. <laughs> One, I don't 123 up there. People. I did not feel bad for those people. Evan. I don't. They're just trying to earn a modest living for their family. I understand that. <laughs> There's a lot of construction going on where... Alex and I live, and I feel bad for the workers out there in their hard hats every single day moving dirt. That just cannot be fun right now. On the weekends, too, they do it. It's a round-the-clock job. But, yeah, that, was, that dominated today. People looking at the weather scene. It's above 90s for the first time. We haven't, as Alex likes to point out, we haven't even hit the official first day of summer yet. So that is pretty, pretty strong case for global warming going on right now. <laughs> do you remember the winter? It was cold every day. Not this past winter. It wasn't that bad. Ah, coming from work from home, boy, he wouldn't know. Never went outside. Well, oh, yeah, coming from a person that gets into a truck and then walks well. into the office, boy. <laughs> That's enough to know how cold it is. All three of us, Alex, had lived through the coldest winter, so I compare any current winter to that winter, and if it's not that bad, then it's not that bad. So there's no polar You're vortex. You're to, like, three days. It's not like the whole winter was that cold. The, but there wasn't a single day this past summer where anything was actually canceled due to coldness. And that was a case in the senior year at Butler That's University. That's the only time Michigan State has ever canceled classes for cold, ever. That's cold. Okay, that's not really a comparable time. Oh, yeah, I think so. You're comparing extremes. You got to throw outliers out in this average. Either way. Um. All right. To preview the show. Oh, before we preview the new thing we're doing, plugging socials at the beginning and the listen, so we get it both beginning and end of the show at Shot of MS on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Follow along there and TikTok as well. And then uh, listen Spotify, YouTube, Apple. That's where you can listen to this show. Uh, previews. We'll do weekly check-ins. Some quick hitting sports topics as we do throughout the summer when things are dull. Detroit Pistons draft preview, a 
franchise altering night is one week from when you're listening to this. If you're listening on Thursday, the draft is next Thursday. Put it on your calendars now. U.S. Open picks huge tournament in golf. Um, Alex did not qualify this year for the tournament, mm. but we were going to talk about it nonetheless. And a lot of questions about the new spicy, controversial lift tour. Uh, we'll mix in with some listener questions throughout the show. So that is what is in store for you guys. But to start, we'll start with Alex this week. What have you done since our last show? Last recorded Thursday. Yeah. Friday. Played golf with Drew during the day. Saw Evan working out there. I Sorry, don't know how hard he was working, but he was there working. Was not working hard. Um, so did that. And then I had a grad party this weekend. Um, cousin. Congrats. Congrats to uh, Zane. Um, so I was there from one thirty to 11. It's a huge moment in a man's life. Sort of. So it was a good grad party. They had a, um, a live band. Pretty fancy. Really? Yeah. Well, like, uh, I don't know, not a jazz band, but like, I don't know, light rock. I don't know. They were just kind of like under a tent playing strictly, like the whole time. <laughs> strictly 80s Billy Joel. Joel. <laughs> like two to six. They were Jesse playing. Jesse and the Trumpets. Um, Played the, Grant, you're one of your, the games you're really good at, the uh, the guess the song or like, guess song and artist. Thank goodness I wasn't there. Turns that out. it. Turns out my dad is really good at it. Like one beat, two beats, gets it every time. It was pretty impressive. I was surprised. It sounds like um, a clash is brewing for the future. I mentioned that you were very good at it. Um, his his range outside of the 70s to 90s is very bad, though. Like if he gets out of those three decades, he's not getting anything. I think it would be a good match still. Just have, yeah. would have to have a fair uh, balance of songs. Yeah, just did that. Sunday, I played golf again with my wow. dad. And then Monday, you did too. Jeez. Yeah. And I shot I shot under par on Sunday on a, on one side. Good for me. Getting off That's the huge. schneid a little. Yeah. Um, and then Monday, yeah, golfed again. So, a lot of golf. I guess I golf a lot. <laughs> it is that time of year. Yeah. Uh, Evan? Your recap, and then you can, at the end of it, you and Alex can do the, the golf league on Monday as well. Okay. okay. Um, Thursday, yes. Well, Friday. Oh, f- guys, we got to add Top Gun to this. Top I'm Gun Friday. That's what it is. I didn't even write it down. <laughs> Holy cow. This is going to be a live pivot. I didn't write down any of my notes. Evan, how was it? Yeah. You don't need notes to talk about that movie. Fantastic movie. It just skyrocketed into Evan's top five movies of all time. Um, is it premature to put it in the top five, Evan? I think so. No. Recency bias for sure. You want yeah. to send it, the text. I feel like you've done that on this podcast three times. Yeah, and all those movies were worth it <laughs> being in the top five. Are they all in the top five still? Yes. Friday. What is your current top five? <laughs> Friday. Um, wait, wait, before you, you think, Evan. Friday, 10.36 p.m. That movie was fantastic. It has been added to Evan's top five movie list of all time. <laughs> So what is your top five? People um, want to know. In no order. 
No, it has to be in order. No, I don't have it. I don't know which one's number one. Fine. Um, Let's see. Number I don't even know if I have a t- yeah. I have a top four. All right, we'll take the four. Okay, greatest showman. Oh my god, you're gonna get butchered for that, McCray. <laughs> Good, let him let him rip. Okay, greatest showman, and then uh, no, Top Gun Maverick. Dude. You have no time to die, and then you have uh, the new no Batman. Oh, that's the no, Spider Spider Man. Ah, fifth one. We'll go with the new Batman. So three have you been have on three this new movies what, in your top what's five top movies. What, what movies are going to top those movies? No so Time to Die is really good. So we've talked about four of said movies on this very show. Yeah. Yes, they're you fantastic know, movies. I am kind like of you could uh, watch those over and over again. I just watched Batman the other night on Sunday. Uh, is on HBO now. I'm kind of a. Some would call me a novice when it comes to movie watching because. I really find myself only liking movies that are made like 2010 and on just because I, when you watch old movies, the way they're filmed, it's so lackluster and the graphics are so unbelievable in a bad way. Like you can't believe that that's actually what they meant to happen. So I just find myself only liking newer movies. So I kind of am in Evan's camp where I can see that four of his five are like brand new movies. Basically. That being said, I do love, uh, the new Top Gun. It's a really good movie. Awesome graphics. I awesome gave it visuals. a nine point. Uh, somebody asked me today. I gave it a nine point two out of ten. I said it cleared mm. eight. I'd never landed on a number really. It's hard to eight six. There's some like tiny plot things I'm not a huge fan of. It's like goofy. If stuff. I if I had to give a nitpick, I would say I thought it would be cool if Rooster Miles Teller sweeping the nation, America's heartthrob. That that's how you know a movie's doing well. You go on TikTok, all you see is Miles Teller. Um, anyways, it would have been cool if he had a love interest as opposed to Tom Cruise's. I think that would have been cool if there was a person that he was trying to see. Um, kind of like how Tom Cruise had one in the first movie. Interesting. I respect that take. I wish, uh, this is obviously spoilers. Um, yeah, spoilers. I was hoping that Maverick died. I think it would have made the movie fantastic. Tom Cruise ain't going to kill himself off in his own movie. Yeah, but there's not going to be another one, probably. He has to be the hero. I think there is going to be another one, but Tom Cruise isn't going to be in it. A hero. Oh, yeah. They'll, they'll there's going to be another one. one. It's going to be Top Gun Rooster. That's what I said to Grant when I laughed. <laughs> that movie title, though, does not hit the okay, same Top as Gun Top Gun 3. Man. It's going to be Top Gun 3 because the way that they ended the movie with Rooster and... Uh, and Hangman, kind of like looking at each other the, the way like uh, Goose and Maverick did at the end of the first one, kind of was like hinting at that, hey, there's possible for a third one. I got the title, Top Gun Mach 11. Because right. it was about Mach 10 in the last right, that movie. One. That's better than either just Top Gun 3. <laughs> My other gripe is that they, well, I get it, it's supposed to be like nostalgic. They repeated like s- several scenes, probably too many scenes that I didn't need to see. Like they could have made it a little different. Okay, nitpicking. <laughs> nitpicking. I still like, really like. It. People are gonna think we have it as like a two. The way 8. they filmed 6. it was phenomenal. The the technology they have from the first one of I didn't even watch the first one again before I went. Alex did, so you have the best feel for like 
how they were able to film this one compared to the last one was just in a different league of you felt like you were in a fighter jet. And I said for the last like half hour, I had legitimate goosebumps on my arms and thought I was riding a roller coaster at Cedar Point the way that the movie was taking me through all the turns of their mission. It was you like I felt like I should have a seatbelt on in the theater for what I was witnessing on the big screen with all the, the noise around me, too. The last 45 minutes is exhilarating. Or like an hour, I don't know how what the exact time is, but when they start doing all the mission stuff, yeah, it's pretty pretty awesome. It's great, yeah. And you have during training when I thought there was going to be a real death in the movie where I thought two deaths. Um, what was it? Uh, a, the bird they hit the birds, yeah, which I guess does actually happen to fighter jets. You, you never know. You hit birds, you're screwed. And then uh, the vertigo or the, the G force blackout. Like, yeah, he passed out. That was like, I thought this guy was just going to die and they're going to call off the mission or like they're going to be like, oh, we can't do it, but we'll still do it because we need to go take out this uranium bomb. So we're going to do it no matter what. Was their <laughs> escape once they crashed too easy? Yeah. Evan. Well, yes. Yeah. Like, Evan, that was my thought when I first walked away from the movie was the, the like, kind of just, were just rolled up on a plane <laughs> and just left. I thought it was like Lone Survivor vibes and they just ran right to the plane waiting for them. Well, I knew there wasn't enough movie left to really have a long draw out from there. Yeah, but technically like the uh, runway was kind of blown up so that plane was going to get left behind anyways because there's no really any place to take off. Um, it's all about the person in the plane and yeah, the man in the box. Maverick was able to take off because he was able to fly because he did in the old movies, so... That was Were sick. you mad Hangman saved the day? No, I figured it wasn't going to be just Hangman. I thought like more of like the rest of the... Uh, you thought the whole squad would roll yeah. up? Oh, I, I that would have been a chilling. <laughs> you guys want to know where my dumb brain went during the movie live? I thought one of them was going to die via the ejection method that Goose's dad oh, I died I thought that by. would happen again. Like, I thought either, I thought maybe Tom Cruise would die that way, and they'd be like, oh, I thought it was going to be way cheesy and ruin the movie if they did it that way. The hangman was way better. But I thought, are they really going to have, like, them hit the eject? Because Rooster was hitting the button, and he's like, it's not working. So they were they were screwed. They couldn't leave the plane, and I thought maybe he'd hit it one last time, and it would, but then someone's head would hit, like, the way Goose died. That was, was a like, nerve-wracking I was like, that'd be a little too cheesy if someone died again that way. Well, that's what I mean. They... They repeated a lot of plot lines, so I didn't know if they were going to do it again at the end. Also, and they Hang- did it at the end again with the little smiling and like you know happiness. Yeah. Hangman's um, his helmet where it didn't have the two A's was sweet. That was like that, sweet. that was like yeah. I, when I first saw that, I was like, oh, that's pretty awesome that he didn't put the A's in there. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. I almost cried at the very end when they were like shaking hands on the deck. Like the, when they hugged, when Rooster and Tom hugged and like, you know, they're thinking about Goose in that moment. I was like, damn, that is some, like if that really happened in real life, that is some intense stuff. I was never near tears. Also, the, just the opening scene and all that. I'm not sure any of that was necessary. Well, wait, you're talking about Danger Zone? Because that's still. Danger Zone needs to be played no, longer. Sorry. sorry. sorry that got me. Danger Zone. Yeah, did you, did you know who was singing that? No. Hopefully Kenny Loggins. It was Lady Gaga. She did not sing Danger Zone. She did not sing Danger Zone, you idiot. (laughs) She sang the song in the opening. She sang the the song at the end. end I was talking about the opening. Danger Zone. She sang it. No, she did not. It was a man's voice. Did you watch the same movie? 
In the the very opening scene, it says on the bottom that she's singing. Like the opening scene is them all on the um, naval ship, and then you see like the logistics of how a plane takes off and lands, and it's like dun dun dun. It's danger zone. Highway yeah, yeah, it's her. It's not her. Lady Gaga will sing Tom Cruise into the danger zone with new Top Gun Maverick song. It was at the end. She sang the end song when they're flying in the sky with his life. This was like three weeks ago. If everyone saw it earlier, I'd remember. All right, yeah, you're right. Fine. She was singing in that movie. Yeah, she's saying the ending. What I was talking about was the the fancy plane or whatever he was flying that he went like, he just like landed in some random country or state or wherever he landed. Oh, right. Yeah, I forgot. You almost forget that part in the movie. Yeah, when the uh, when the boss gets there, Evan, and the boss is mad that he took the plane out for a joyride because they need to, they need to meet their quota. You know when the like, plane blows up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they pretty much I blew just, up. I, just, I mean, I guess they're just trying to show what he's up, up to, but it's just kind of wild. Well, wild it was all about too. you know saving the program because they're trying to kick yeah, them out for drones. Yeah, it's all about where he's at. He's still a captain. He's drones still stink. But he's never report never to authorities. Approved. He's not. A senior captain, he doesn't have people working underneath him. He's kind of still like bottom of the barrel because yeah. he doesn't want to move up because he gets into all this trouble. He still <laughs> wants to fly. Also, one of the cheesier moments, but they had to do it, is like you knew that old TC Tom Cruise was going to be flying on this coveted mission. And they're like, no, you can't fly, Tom. You can't fly. And then he goes and does the run, which was Stop also- calling him Tom Cruise, Grant. That's which, just not his name in the movie. Which was also like, no. Which is also chilling. Tom Cruise is basically a pilot, Alex. He is. And then it was chilling that he did the run and whatnot. And then John Hamm just stand there. It's like, no, you're not leading the mission. You're going on the mission. It's like, <laughs> like you knew it was going to happen. There's no way TC's not going on this mission. Like, Tom, we're selecting you. Tom Cruise didn't go on the mission. Tom did. No. Tom 100% was in, like, did a ton of, like, training for this movie probably even you could convince me that he flew in f-16 i'd believe you i mean he can do a bunch of training yeah i saw yeah. that on and like my, he made mouth tell like throw up a bunch basically because they had to go experience real g-force this is yeah. a real deal 8.6 9.2 above an eight how about a number 8.4 must watch. It's a must watch, and as cheesy you as have is, to watch the first one though before you watch the second one. If you haven't seen the yes. first one, don't waste your time because you have to watch the first one. Yeah, after the first hour, if you haven't seen the first one, you're like, this movie stinks. Yeah, and then you're gonna want to see it in theaters if you can, just because the sound effects, the like, mm-hmm. the screen is very like. If I watch it on my laptop, I'm probably thinking it's a six point mm-hmm. five. I love actually the very beginning. The first thing you see is Tom Cruise is welcoming everybody to the th- movie theaters. Oh, great point, <laughs> yeah, Evan. Great I touch. I told Alex I've never that seen was a great a, touch. Never seen a Cruise movie like that, uh, and that was awesome. Alex said he does it for like Mission Impossible ones, and I was like, "Well, that is the classiest thing yes. I've ever sat through." Just I think like, it's a whole thing about like being like movies releasing online and streaming or in the theaters, and he's I think he's one of the Hollywood guys where he's a big theater guy. Yeah, I mean he's a psychopath, he is like 65 but like years old. It's awesome that he's fifty nine. Yeah, that's just doesn't look it. And was he like five seven, five eight? He's like tiny, he's really short. This is one of the most like badass actors that we have in this country. So keep keep pumping him out, Tom, until you can. Middle aged women were loving it. Yeah, they were a lot, oh, yeah. Of cat, a lot of cat calls for Tom. 
Um, Evan, what else on your week? If you have anything else, briefly. Um, no that tournament? was Friday. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Elks. Yeah. Look at yeah, that. And I already know. That is that thing is blinging. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. That's <laughs> Who some is this big, guy? Big bling bling. Did you get thirty seven baby? Did you get thirty seven and uh thirty three engraved on there? Yes, I did Good actually. Job. Final score of the championship game, two nothings engraved on the and with my initials. Really? <laughs> no, Alex, they gave like, wow. the game they had an engraver just That's on side like the NBA finals. That's the coolest youth travel trophy thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, so went down to Swanton, played really well, came home with a championship back to back weekends. <laughs> Don't um, let them get hot. I know. Entire organization did well. Shout out everybody. Um, we have sent six teams, so our entire organization down there. Four of the six came out champions. I wow. believe it was 10, 11, 12, and 13 all came home with the championships. Just a great time. Good atmosphere. Saw some crazy parents. Um, some really bad umping. Um, Give us one crazy parent or ump story. The one that really is like, I can't believe I'm watching. Very this. first game. Saturday morning. We're the first game, 8.30. Oh. Lines are already chalked. Everybody's already ready. Do the opposing the team is like yelling, or not? they're not yelling. They're talking to like one of the tournament guys. They're like, hey, are you going to fix third base? And the tournament guy's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> we looked at third base. Half of it is in foul territory. It's completely just not where it's supposed to be. <laughs> Our game is the last one to start. Just a complete delay. We start with one umpire. Just a home, he's, he's just a home, the, just a home plate umpire. No, just he's behind the pitcher. No, calling balls and strikes for the no. first two innings. No, yes. what is this? Yes, he's probably some young college. Oh, you kid. know what? Know, this tournament, this tournament spent too much money on the rings. They couldn't afford umps. <laughs> yes. So, at thirty minutes into the game, we're probably in inning three. You see the outer umpire that's supposed to work show up. He's wearing gray joggers. <laughs> has his. <laughs> somebody just handed him the umpire shirt and it's untucked he rolls in two pierced earrings oh no reeked of alcohol looked like he was completely just hung over probably was still drunk it's the same and guy who pl- did the foul lines and he put him behind the plate no and you could not hear him call balls or strikes <laughs> you just say strike and luckily like the dugouts were so small and I was like I was close enough I could hear him but he wouldn't go up with a hand he wouldn't say ball outside or anything. You just you could barely guess. You gotta go up with the hand. You don't even need to say strike if you go up with the hand. Everyone knows his, what that is. His strike zone was so bad, just inconsistent galore. Well, because he was spinning, Evan. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it probably he made a couple bad calls. Called somebody out at home. I thought they were out. You know. So this Anthony Wayne team, it just built up so much anger. Oh, the Anthony like, Wayne Generals—they're blue. Yes. Oh yes. no. Not those Grits guys. Used to them. Oh no! So, like some of his dads moved from like left field. Now they're standing directly behind home plate, just <laughs> chirping this umpire. Oh no! Okay, bases are loaded. We're struggling to find the strike zone. They're making a comeback. Um, they actually took the lead. We were up two to one. They took the lead. I think it's like three to two. They have bases fully loaded. Three two count. This is after it was, th- it was like two one three one. And boom, hits the outside black ball. Oh, boom, hits the outside black ball. Turns no. into a full count. Oh my god! I'm like, what? I'm like, all right, here we go. Just throw it right down over the heart of the middle. This ball it is a ball. It is like high and up. 
outside. Straight. He calls him Strike Three, rings this kid up, and they go berserk. I mean, the it hurts saying yours. The dad was basically saying that you caught, you're costing us the game, you're screwing us over, and so now the third base coach it has to get involved and instead of like de-escalating the situation, like you know, telling the parents, he just ramps everybody up and like goes straight after the umpire. Oh no! It's like screaming in his face. Figured I just like I just walk out of my dugout and try to like tell my team, hey, two outs now, here we go. Hey, one more, here we go. My catcher, hilarious, hilarious kid. My catcher just turned around, not even looking at the field, just turned around staring, just completely still, <laughs> just staring at them, yelling at each other. Oh, it was hilarious. Also, you you telling that story with the ring on your hand is such a power move, too, because you're just explaining what happened. And it seems like, yeah, well, we won. We won. It's a constant reminder. Yes. Title game went 45 minutes. Whoa. Sad. 45 minutes. Whoa. That so is fast. super fast, Alex. Were you able to the, save your? Sure. You save your ace for that? Baseball works. Oh yeah. So this th- this tournament was you can only pitch six consecutive outs, so you can only pitch two innings. What? So you had to have like more pitchers. So we pitched our lefty stud first, just mowing kids down, lefty, <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Then we pitched probably our third kid, lefty, um, has a good changeup. They kind of they got people on base, but they never scored. Um, we had to make them a couple more plays, <clears throat> and then our last kid was like the one at the beginning of the year. He's not like probably an hour two. He's our best right-handed arm. Just hit immaculate inning. First time we went out there, just, he faced the bottom of the order mm. and probably throws the hardest. And those kids wanted nothing to do with it. <laughs> Chop it! Oh my. <laughs> It's not a sword, Howie. Yeah, and I just don't feel bad because this team was like, we were that bad like two or three years. Do not feel bad for beating the crap out of teams anymore. <laughs> no, you shouldn't. It feels good to be a champion. Feels- we have a winning record this Ch- year. We're like 16-4 and four on the year, so. Wow. Now we're going to Paysater Park next weekend, Grant. Back to Sylvania? We were in Swanton last weekend. Okay. Sylvania Paysetter. this weekend. Paysetter's a nice Final tournament? Nice Yep. Unfortunately. Nice. Oh, Evan. Well, you guys are on a heater. time with me and Grant. Alex, I enjoy, I've been enjoying this. As you should. Dominating. It's only, been, it's only been like two months. April until June. Yeah. And then... And you're out chasing rings. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, your guys' golf round on Monday. Any notable oh, moments Position night. God, duh. Oh, position position night. night. The top the eight point. was all within... I was within 10, 10 I points. Ten points. I was within first. six and a half, I thought. So I think you're only seven and a half back. I am not um, within 10 points anymore or seven oh, and a half no. points anymore. Got her How did kicked. your late tee time go? Oh, we're the last ones to tee off. And I don't think I, I think I've teed off last one other time in the three years that I've played. Sucks. Yeah. Teeing off last just is. Well, I found who was like the slow people of like our league who slows everybody up. <laughs> this also doesn't help that the last like three holes that we played, it was thundering and lightning off in the distance. Mm, big storm. So night. like, hey, you got to pick up your pace. So like, go up there, look at it, hit. Go up there, look at it, hit. No, we were standing on ninth tee, and it is. You can hear the thunderstorm rolling in. It is just a lightning show. And they were still in the fairway, what, like taking their sweet time. 
and I was just getting sick. I got to the tee box, and I just teed off. They were on the green, and I was by the like the 150 bush, and I just hit, just hit right into them. Send a warning shot. about three yards right in front of the green. You're either going to get struck by lightning or knocked out I by Evan's ball. It's like, come on, people. How many points you take? Yeah, we got our butts kicked. Well, Evan was rattled, clearly, yeah. We got our butts kicked, and I, I mean, Drew and I were freaking three or four deep before we even teed off because we were waiting so long before. True. Drew mentioned that you guys would be drunk before you teed off. <laughs> it was probably a nice night, wasn't it? Before Bud Light Orange is still oh, good. Yeah. Mm. Bud Light Orange is still very, people need to hear very that. good. I need to work that in my rotation more. You do. I had two of them, and I was like, I could probably drink a 12-pack of these easily. They were going down like water. <laughs> Alex? I mean, highlights um, from your round. You're playing a lot of golf, it sounds like. Yeah, we played a rematch with the opponents that just played us last week that destroyed us. Oh, revenge tour. Um, Father G did not play his best golf. Damn it. Why are you always blaming on him? That's what you said last week, too. Yeah, this it is does. two weeks in a row. I beat him pretty easily, and he did not play great. Like, you would think that if you listen to this, like, Alex's dad is just a garbage no, can at golf, I mean, and Alex's back no, is heavy he, from he's carrying me a lot this year. Usually I suck, but um, it was a drinking fest, several shots. We were just trying to have fun. Yeah. Um, we took 16 so out of 30. So basically split, but we, we technically won. <sighs> no crazy highlights except I uh, uh, I hit probably one of the longest drives in my life on hole one. Just to the entire way up to so i was like 35 yards past the telephone pole it's like 188 out hitting two and my dad is just you know pumping me up greatest drive i've ever seen alex oh my god just freaking out about it (laughs) to the point where like that's all i'm thinking about and i just go up and i just top my second shot you're a mental midget bro yeah. Are you like we were like one of those guys that like to be like brought down to make you play better as opposed to I would to just prefer you up. just didn't talk about it in general. Mm-hmm. Silence. Yeah, that'd be better. You can talk to me, just you don't have to be like, that's the greatest thing I've ever seen. So yeah, Dad, I've been hitting those weights hard. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But yeah. Pretty good round. Are we talking like well over three hundred yards here or what are we talking about? Yeah, I would say it was over three hundred yards. That's pretty nice. It was until I made a six. Smash. Made a bogey. Whoa. I part number one. Never forget. I'm better than I Alex. said that already. What do you mean? I said I topped my next shot and made bogey. Oh. Doesn't mean I, you, you can still make here, bogey. You said you topped it. You never yeah, said you made here it. Well, right. Imagine the mental state after the top. It couldn't have been any better. Hearing a six out loud is just more of a, but it was a par five, so. It's just a bogey. Um, I played it's some golf. Bogey, though. I played some golf this weekend. It was of the putt-putt variety. Mm. Um, I visited the course that Alex spoke of last week and uh, kind of compared myself to their scores. So bad side of my round is I shot nine over 49 on a par 40, which would have been last of the group, the foursome that played it last week. <laughs> Good news is Marissa, who I played against, I tied with, and she had three hole-in-ones so I managed to not lose to someone who had three hole in ones, which felt like an accomplishment driving home. 
You played really um, bad, it sounds like. You should not feel good about anything. A funny highlight was uh, last hole on the 18th. If we were dead tied, and we both shot fives, so that showed five you five on that hole. Which is well, you had to make it in like three different holes to get out of the hole, and five is the max that you can hit at the course. So once we got the five, it was like we're done. I missed. I lipped out for a one on that hole. Well, that I don't think is even possible the way the top hole is right, designed. The top right hole goes all the way to the bottom. Goes all the way to the bottom. Would have been good to know, Alex. I lipped out. (laughs) Would have been really good. Give them some. Hey, which one is it? Um, Also, a bunch of. uh, I figured out what riled me was along the course was also terrible course. It's like the Danny's Irish Pub. This Royal Golf Center. I'm going to bleep that all. Bleep that out because no one should ever go here because it's absolutely terrible golf course. Um, But there was a bunch of like over grown trees along the back nine and they would like tickle my neck as i'm trying to putt and i just can't make putts when that's going on and i really collapsed some down the stretch so and i didn't have a single some of these holes were designed for you to make a hole in one on the way they slope the greens i still couldn't make one no matter how good of a ball i hit so that was tough did they give you the right putter length um i I chose my own and i went with longest because in the past i've been too hunched over and i think i like being hunched over because i felt like i should have gone one size down talk about a mental midget putter size is rattling you and mental midget i kind of knew this was the case on the warm-up hole and i was like too prideful to go back and be like no i'm gonna take the black that's why just just bring your own putter and be a hardo well no that you should actually be arrested for doing that you guys should be (laughs) um more people do than you think I saw Detroit's hottest team, the Detroit Tigers, on Friday. Uh, I went to an absolute mercy rule game. I kid you not. In the second inning, when it was home run derby for the Blue Jays, Marissa looks at me and she goes, is there a mercy rule in Major League Baseball? I said, no, there should be for this situation because the Blue Jays hit three home runs in one inning and back-to-back home runs off of uh, Alvin Rodriguez. He might have been tipping his pitches again, He's neither here nor there. Why is he <laughs> pitching? Is he the one retired? No, that's Eduardo. We'll get to Eduardo. This is Elvin Rodriguez. It's a little confusing. Um, but there was a rain delay. Hope was o- almost hoping it would get canceled, but I did kind of want my money's worth. We got to see <laughs> front of the program Cody during the intermission of this. So that was cool to see. Cody with the C, longtime listener. Um, and I'd like to say, as I tweeted out on our account, it's 100% confirmed that all of Chris Illich's Little Caesars money for now being the sponsor of the NFL, which is a huge... It went there to get that deal, and it also went towards Friday Night Fireworks because <laughs> it was the first time they've done Friday Night Fireworks since 2019 due to COVID, and boy, did they put on this show of a lifetime. They played music. like They synced up the fireworks to music, which was a really cool touch. They played fireworks for three to four straight songs, so almost 12 minutes of nonstop fireworks, which is got to be... I don't know if I work pricing. I felt like a 20 grand show. It felt like 20 grand. It was a lot. That is sounds impressive. I mean, sounds they like turned, you got your money's worth just from the fireworks show. They flipped the lights on to, go. to like leave and it was just pure smoke like throughout the whole Comerica <laughs> Park. It was it was pretty insane how uh, the fireworks were. So that was at least cool. That's what you got to do when your team loses 10 to 1. Um. And I think we pivot right into that for our first quick hitting topic. A listener wrote in um, and they said that I hope Alex has started his boycott after the performance today against the White Sox. Official statement from Alex. Uh, the boycott started basically 
during Grant's Home Run Derby Fest and fireworks show. I mean, if we're being completely honest, the boycott started a month ago, <laughs> and I was just convinced to not boycott yet. But yeah, the boycott is on, and there's no coming back from it unless you guys come up with some crazy spin zone, but I can't see it. So. Spin zone, they locked the doors to media this afternoon. This team's going to get rally, and we're going to play championship baseball from here on out. Oh, they did? They did like a we're not talking players yep. only meeting? Yep. Anybody have anything else? Alex, Take a I am team boycott. I'm done with this All team. All right, welcome. <laughs> Riley <laughs> Green's going to come back. That was going to be my only point that I could say that I would consider watching. Evan, I also heard they're going to try to extend him because of this the, the whole uh, arbitration rules. So they're going to try to like limit his service time because he's right on the cutoff or something. So with that in mind as well, I am out on this team. I am done. I am not wasting my time. I realized today that the Tigers did have plenty of money because Chris Illich is now, like I said, Little Caesars is the official fell which is like a billion dollar deal to have to pay for that probably so we don't have any money that's where all of the he- carlos correa javi baez uh no we'll just be the official sponsor of the nfl which you can't hate the guy for that business decision but i would have loved to see carlos correa instead of javi baez right now or both or both middle infield sell the team um and with them the news we had the official we, we basically were there, but we officially know Casey Mize is going to have Tommy John surgery. Mm. I don't know if you have any other updates, Evan. I mean, we kind of got you. You were braced for it based on last show. Had a nice yeah. viral tweet about it. I was yeah. going to say people love Casey Mize and want his or they him just to recover think that picture well. of him is funny. It really is. He put it on his own Instagram. I was like, you know what? This this is kind of a funny photo. Uh, <laughs> let's wish him well. Wow, two hundred sixty-three. Speedy likes. recovery, fully full of health. His arms can be stronger than other. Uh. <laughs> he he said he wants to pitch next year, so maybe we'll see him in twenty twenty-three. I mean, he's got what? Did you see some he... of the comments on our tweet? Yeah, some people are kind of being mean. I don't want to draw attention to them. Some are being funny. Butt chin on Max. He is overrated, but I hope for speedy recovery. Yo, he does have a butt chin. <laughs> that picture I zoomed oh, wow. in. Oh, wow. He's got a thick. I think a man he's down, bro. It's a, it's a Bill O'Brien level chin. <laughs> Look but at it, that thick butt chin. He's got sweet hair, though. No, he's got great chat. Um, my favorite one is this person saying, McDonald's is my go-to after an outpatient procedure. Comfort food after anesthesia. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably serious. <laughs> That's someone who's had a lot of surgeries in their day. Like they have a go-to food. Although I would always have my mom take me to get like a milkshake from McDonald's after appointments in Tecumseh, mm. so I can relate to that. <laughs> Donner57 says 2024, maybe if it works. <laughs> As in the surgery. <laughs> yeah, so that happened. And then also... um, it's kind of hard to get into too deep because we don't know. There was a juicy New York Post article about it that I read that you still don't know a ton. But Eduardo Rodriguez, um, I saw something new. He's on the restricted list. I didn't even know what the restricted list was in MLB. I had to go. Had to N- no. So what it means is he's not. He, he's I not getting. Yeah. He's not getting paid. Okay. Good. Because he's good, on this list. Illich likes now, him already. Here's the thing, though. Like his contract is guaranteed, so I don't know how that works. Like he may not be getting his like weekly paychecks, but I don't know what it means when you guarantee a full contract. Who knows? Um, it basically says it's as close as you can get to releasing somebody with still keeping their rights. So it basically means you're completely off the team, but we like someone would have a trade for you technically to get you back. 
Interesting. Um, and John Hyman, reporter of the New York Post, caught a lot of heat for uh, reporting on it, which I'm going to take his side. We're like, it is news. It's personal life. He's away from the team right now due to a marital issue is what being alleged in the New York Post, that he's having problems with his wife, something in his marriage. He is not with the team right now. So the crazy season for the Tigers gets crazier. No need to, to speculate. No need to speculate. And pe- I just want to say, though, people were getting mad at John Hyman. I fell on the camp of like, hey, the reason people are speculating right now is because no one's talking about why it is. Like you kind of when you're getting paid a bunch of money, like millions and millions of dollars, your personalized personal life becomes more public like any famous person. So it's like if you don't want rumors to start, maybe tell us what's going on. But that's the update on Eduardo Rodriguez. It's pretty crazy. Brand new in our lifetimes. I don't think I've heard of anyone that was going on the restricted list. What we can say as a podcast, we hope all is well with Eduardo and that he figures out whatever he needs off the field to get back to the Tigers. Correct. We um, need him, so hopefully he gets back. We do need get better at pitching while you're gone. Thank you, Alex. <laughs> um, NBA Finals. Is Steph Curry confirmed the greatest shooter ever? Yes. Already yes, was. Ben. Okay, yeah. just clearing up. There's some, there's some people. There's he's the best heads. player in the NBA right now. Let's just get that out of the way. Whoa. Well, you mean of the people still playing? No, no I, in I the think entire NBA. No, I think Evan has guys, a point. He's the is best is player in the NBA. <laughs> Giannis is better. Giannis couldn't carry his team past the Celtics. Giannis also Giannis Chris, did it last year. Giannis would have this year. Giannis, Giannis, only a playoff-focused guy. Giannis would have if Chris Milton was healthy. Steph hasn't had to go through a debilitating injury. Who's to like Steph's number two guy? A debilitated Clay Thompson? He's not debilitated. He's not debilitated. He had like the 20 bomb last night. He's still the like their best game. defenseman. He shot, made five player. threes. I had that ring. Cracks me up. What do you want me to do with it, dude? So sick. No, I keep wearing it. No, it's funny. No, but Alex, he's not debilitated. He's not like super good at the moment. He's not a superstar. Step. Yes, he is. Who? Is Clay a superstar right now? Yes. He would Uh be. Every in the NBA would take him. You know who's actually playing superstar ball right now is Andrew Wiggins. That guy's hooping. Fine. (laughs) I can agree with that. But he's basically doing Chris Middleton stats. So like, you're drafting. Right now, Giannis. between the Warriors and Bucks, Steph and Giannis are captains. Who's the next pick? The next pick? Yeah. Who are you taking? You have the third pick. Anybody off the Warriors? If Chris Milton's fully healthy, I might take Chris Milton because I've seen him drop like 30-plus in the NBA Finals game. I think I would take Milton next. And then... But you get but watch and then get, a lot get, of Warriors. Oh, after so that. you taking Clay after two of the best players we're ever gonna watch means he's not a superstar. Ah, gotcha. No, no, he would be ah, fourth. That makes seven. sense. That he makes might be sense. fifth. When we go superstar, I think I think I think Curry, all pro like all NBA first, second, or third team. I don't know if he's there right now. I think Curry and Giannis are the only two superstars in this discussion. I think I the rest are like great players former all-stars but if if clay goes for like classic game six clay it's a quick reactionary league we might be like well yeah he's really he's really he's a star. either way evan i was <laughs> arguing for you i agree steph is but. at a different level right now than even Giannis. 
No, Giannis is still better. Giannis, because he brings way more defensively than Steph can bring. And it's not a fault to Steph. Steph is the Steph great Steph can't shooter. play defense. That's true. He can play. He's just not great. Steph Curry is the best shooter I've ever seen in my life. And so anyone that says like Larry Bird or any of the other guys, no, not even close. Ray Allen, no. Steph Curry is the best shooter of all time. But no one, no one's arguing that. I still see floated out. Like people. Well, then what do you look at? My eyes. I just watch. And Steph is the best shooter I've ever no, seen. No, who, who says that he isn't? Oh, we're just getting come, this information. Comes up online, the internet. Okay, people. so like a guy with six followers on Twitter. Just making with, sure uh, we no were picture. on the Next question for the NBA Finals really is Jason Tatum. Is he a top five player? Where is that no. debate shifted? Yes. Absolutely not. Jalen Brown's better than him. Jalen Brown. Did you watch Jalen Brown last game, bro? Okay. Not at, did you see Jason Tatum in some of these games? Okay, you can't make the same argument for the same for the same Fine. reason, Alex. Jason Tatum's better Don't than Jalen Brown. Is Jason Tatum be, a top be five player in the NBA? Stakes. No. Be better with your sports stakes. I he's not a top five player in the NBA. Yes, he's I, fifth. He the only fifth. two people in this county that think that are you two. I, he's well, fifth. and also the, all the NBA voters because he was voted all pro. But That's for this <laughs> season. I'm talking yeah. if you draft in a team, right I wouldn't draft him in the top five. Really? Really? That's why wow. I just said it. Who are you taking ahead of Jason Tatum? I'm taking Curry and Giannis. Steph, Giannis. I'm still taking Durant. I'm taking Jokic. And I'm taking LeBron still over him. I am not taking LeBron. But hey, you so guys you're hate starting, him. If you're st- are you just trying to win one title in one you year? You just asked me five players, and I just named five players. But if you're starting a team, those I guys didn't are old. think about, yeah, we'll win a championship in the first year, and then I'll ride off into the sunset with my millions of dollars. Tatum well, got his team to the playoffs. Uh, the finals. To the finals. Yeah. Jokic He's 24. Okay. He's younger than us. Jokic is very good, and he's just I'm won the MVP that. twice. I am not, not arguing that. that. Jokic is so a top five player. Everybody relax. He is Jokic a is a top five player. player. LeBron is not a top five player. LeBron is not. Get that out of your head. Kevin Durant okay. is not right now. You guys hate LeBron. That's not an argument for a U2 He also just Did his team the make the playoffs this year? He didn't no. make the playoffs, Alex. Did he sit out like the last okay, two weeks? Okay, I'll take Joel Embiid. No, he's no, good too. Not, he's not top five. Is he, he hasn't 10? won. He hasn't won a thing in his NBA career, like a thing. Jason Tatum, when Joel he loses Embiid, this, Jason Tatum has won, won the Eastern Conference. Fine over Jimmy Joel, Butler in Joel Miami. Embiid, Joel Embiid couldn't even win a series against basically Kawhi's Raptors with Ben Simmons, who oh, was good sorry. then. Fine, doesn't matter. Luca better than Jason Tatum. Yeah, Done. but he's in, yeah he's in the top five. Okay, then there you go. There's a new five with LeBron out of it, and it's still five more than Jason Tatum. Well, I would still argue KD because KD got swept by Jason Tatum's team. <laughs> yep, swept. because one series is the definition of who's better. Makes a lot of sense. That's a great argument, Grant. I will say this in your it's defense. It's a terrible one. I think Jason Tatum's like on the fence right now of 5-6, and if he has a good game six, he's firmly in it, and that, that'll take him throughout the way. But if he has a clunker in game six, then it's open for more debate. But right now, he's shown enough in this finals to impact the game in a bunch of different ways that he's still... He just needs to get better at layups, which is a tough how, part. How is he top five, though? I just well, named. Well, one, he was voted all pro, so everyone oh, in the Grant, league thought I'm not talking five. about this single season. We're talking about best basketball players by our eyeballs, not stat stuffers. Well, and also winning basketball. Like he's well, playing that chubby doughboy is a freaking stat stuffer. <laughs> oh, Luca? You, yeah. Luca does stat stuff in. He's he talking better, about Yoke? Yoke. Or he's talking about Jokic. Both. I'm Jokic. talking about Luca. Both could be in that category. Luca and Jokic passed the eye test right now. They get bailed out for not having won anything in their careers. Luca yet. took a garbage team to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, 
he did better this year. He is firmly in five. Jokic is in five. I would have Steph and Giannis and then Jason Tatum. He's the fifth. You and Evan, and that's it. But I respect it. You're sticking to it. Have to. I, and he passes. Jason Tatum passes the eye test, too. He does a lot he of things lo- on basketball. Yeah, court. I mean, he is so, very good. No one's debating if he's a top 10 player. I think he is. Oh, he 100%. You don't have to say think. He's a top 10 player in the NBA. You legitimately cannot think of 10 players better than Jason I just said he was in the top 10. Why can't you just take your wins you, and just leave you said Because you said, I think he is. Yeah, you I mean, I'm assuming. I don't, no, I don't no, know no. the list. No, stop your assumptions. He is a top 10 player in the NBA. You would hate the list that some guy wrote. Yeah, it's, there's it's like the com- all list you sent me today. People get paid to do Someone put garbage James opinions. Six. Yeah, James Harden's terror is... Actually, your company James not, put James, James Harden six. James Harden's not a winning basketball player. Ja? Ja Sal, he's not better than Jason Tatum, I'll tell you that. Booker? Uh, not, a not better than Jason what Tatum. What about Jimmy Butt? Nope, not better than Jason Tatum. Oh, I don't know. Evan would argue it. I'm not arguing it. He's up there. He's definitely top 10. He's underrated. He showed a lot. This he's time. underrated. He he's is underrated. underrated. Also, we have to keep in mind Jason Tatum's shoulder is absolutely effed this whole playoff since the Heat series. He grabs it every single game and it's obvious. So I think that's a huge. And if you look at his stats before that game and after that game, he's been a different guy. He's grinding right now. But nevertheless, NHL quickly, I've been told that this Stanley Cup playoffs that starts tonight yep. could be one of the best Two finals minutes. of all time. Have you guys heard the same buzz? This might be the yeah, best finals it's gonna of all be time. Fun. It's going to be fun to watch, I believe. It's going to be exciting. Are the Lightning the best team of all time if they win three in a row? No. They're not the best team be of all time. They had, a, they had, in your words, a COVID cupcake championship as well. Mm. Best dynasty? Best run of all time? Um, no, because the Islanders back in the 80s won four in a row. Oh. But no salary cap, not the right. That's teams. why they can't be the best team of all time. Because when you look at the best team, you got to do the talent on the team. Right. Now, they can have like ten or eleven Hall of Famers on this team. So it could be argued most impressive run given the new salary cap and the new thirty-two teams. If they sweep them, I'll declare them the greatest team of all. Time. You can declare them the okay. best team okay. in the salary cap era. Yeah, fine. We'll say that. Spicy take. Um. Is the reason Stevie Y is still waiting for Coach because he's going to try to poach John Cooper after no. his third straight title? Yeah, I've, everything that I've been seeing is their their assistant coach. The okay. Lightning's assistant coach. Yeah, I'll take it. Find the name. Guy knows how to win from a winning organization. That's just not a really flashy hire for for an organization of such prestige. Alex, you need a guy that's going to be here for five or six years at least to try to build this thing up. You can't just right. hire some sexy name that can be not a the Hurricanes coach. Well, you're saying we've had time to hire him and we haven't yet. So I am saying he's not. You just get my hopes up every week, and now you you dropped it I all the way to the bottom to some takes. random assistant. I give. I'm just. That's what I've been. Don't even know his name. No, Alex, like, look it up. <laughs> Alex, do you want another Ron Garden hire? No, I don't. Yes, think do. you don't want a placeholder. There's too much talent well, on no, this team. No, we're not. We're not in the placeholder position. The Tigers are a dumpster fired organization. They'll never be good again. So, no reason to talk about that. God, you really leaned into the boycott. Well, um, they're really disappointing, Grant. Well, Evan looks up the name Carrier Classic, rumored back in the streets, potentially Michigan State. Not in State. the streets. 
on an aircraft water michigan state do not let mark few drive the boat versus gonzaga on an aircraft carrier um all i have to say about this is young grant thought that this was the coolest i just got that joke that's funny that's funny thank you yeah dui sorry Uh, i was multitasking and i i heard you say that young grant thought that this game when it happened versus north carolina was like one of the coolest things i've seen so i'm excited for it to come back i just if remember does, the floor oh, yeah. was wet the whole time and they just had to like keep like wiping it up and they had to oh it's a health breaks. it's a health problem for you guys it's it's risky Obama I think this is him but it's for the troops yeah no I, it would be awesome i hope It'd it happens cool. you just hope everyone stays healthy because like you said the wet floors were why they haven't done it since but yeah, they have but- to have new technology for that I was going to say, they got to be able to figure that out. If Tom Cruise can land and take off on one of those things, we can play a basketball game. They on should it. just play on uh, mm-hmm. pavement. You know, parrot ball. The, the, logistics, <laughs> the logistics, though, are so crazy. Like the weather, like. It's weather determined. Yeah, I just don't know. I mean, they pulled it off once. It's just cool. I hope it happens. I hope it, it does. It looks awesome. So I hope they do. Cool photos. Make it nice wallpaper nice cover photo for you guys on twitter yeah it'd be nice um and then of other quick hitting ones one statement for me before we rip through some i mean rip through some listener questions because i think i think long listener jason ripped off six questions today all about the same thing <laughs> um anyways <laughs> man city my favorite soccer team erling holland it's official he's coming to man city uh, and talk I'm, about this on the pod well, it wasn't official. I've seen him in a uniform now. He's he's actually there. It's real. I'm very excited. I just wanted to get that out there. Uh, and if you guys don't have a soccer team, for the <laughs> listeners out there, you might want don't to become a Man, Man City, City fan. Their money is just as dirty as the Liv's money. Wow. Anyways, next question. Wow. Um, Speaking of soccer, then, the first listener question we have. So curious to see how this goes. Talk about the future of, well, okay, this is because the MLS just signed a $250 million deal with Apple TV. So Apple is investing in MLS soccer. They're, gonna uh, they're, trying, to, game. they're trying to grow the great game in America. Um, so this person would like to say, talk about the future of MLS soccer in Detroit. Where would we build a stadium? Slash, would the city back the team up? Slash, would they ever be on the same level as one of the four main sports? I'll toss it to you guys. Uh, While I look up what detroit fc is because i know there's a detroit fc it's like a very small the usl yeah but they tied or beat a uh, mls team this year and it was a big deal first time it ever happened and i think in detroit fc or detroit soccer detroit soccer Um, is new in terms of a stadium do you think they'd build one or do you think they would just they have a very very small stadium right now Depends on who so is this take- the, the Detroit FC would just get promoted is what we're Detroit saying? Detroit City FC is one step below MLS. Correct. They would like get the minor league MLS. Which is, that's, I mean, that's a deep cut. So they would get promoted, so they would have to just use all the same stuff they have and basically get relegated every year. Are they going full Premier League style? No, I don't think That'd MLS be is that way. They should. From what they I should. see, based on the photos I'm seeing of Keyworth Stadium in Hamtramck. They probably would need a new stadium because it's pretty old. But it looks like they have a lot of supporters at the game. So I do think the city there'd be enough people here to support it. Will I be one of them? No. I don't have enough time in my life to care about Detroit soccer. Uh so I, I don't want to be disrespectful to this person, but I could I 
there's so many things I care more about in my life than the future of MLS soccer in Detroit. I would watch MLS soccer in Detroit. <laughs> You're a liar. I'm not saying I'd be a diehard fan, but I, if it was on TV, I would at least like turn it on for a minute, watch it for a second. No. Probably follow on Twitter. <laughs> I absolutely would not. I didn't care about the Michigan. It just sucks uh, the MLS isn't good. USFL team, I didn't care at all. Michigan and Panthers are the worst team of all time. <laughs> yeah. You're garbage. When you take Shea Patterson number one overall. And I cut him. And I complain that, that he's telling the defensive coordinator all the play calls because you haven't changed your play calls from week to week. What are you freaking doing, you bumps? <laughs> is Shea Patterson on a new team? Yes, he has got cut. Um, are you going to be a cut the number one overall Detroit footy fan? Joke. I would be a Detroit footy fan, but I don't know the extent. I would need a superstar on the team or somebody that I know to cheer for. Yeah, if you bring in Messi, I'll be a fan. Yeah. Um, Resign Messi. Talent isn't that. high enough in the MLS. <laughs> Imagine Messi living in Detroit. <laughs> Your neighbor. Grant Barcelona. would see him out in town, Alex. Barcelona. Grant sees everybody Facts. in town. Facts. I now. did see Tyler Bertuzzi. You're if he has a kid. Lies, Grant. If this he has a kid. This can't just happen three times. Tyler Bertuzzi doesn't have a kid, I don't think. If he doesn't have a kid, it's not him. If he has a kid, it's him. Grant seen Isaiah Thomas, Aaron Glenn, and Bertuzzi. And well, Aaron Glenn's your neighbor, so get him on the podcast. I have Wait, seen. He hasn't seen him since. I did. In his living room. What? <laughs> <laughs> I had to cut that. <laughs> like, their front house is all windows, so you can see right in their house. You went in his living room? Holy well, I'll tell you what I'm going to be really mad about, about MLS soccer in Detroit. Is uh, I think it was Atlanta. Atlanta FC won the MLS championship, and their city said it like snapped Atlanta's pro sports drought. If mm-hmm. anyone tries to pull that in Detroit, I'll punch him in the face in person because you will not count an MLS Cup as snapping Detroit's sports drought. That like it'll so to answer the question, it'll never be on the same level as one of the four main sports. It's just not as exciting. I think you could get the boys to a game, though. I think you could. If you built a nice, sexy stadium on the water. I think we would on go the river, to a game. On the river, I'm in. I think you could. Like a nice little bar scene down there, you know? I oh, think there you, you go. could get us there. Build it on the oh, water. You could get me there. There's no doubt I would go to a game. I would have to be boozed up. Oh, yeah. But a couple shots at the tin roof. Yep. It's just not super exciting. Um, but now to what is exciting, college football for you guys. The recruiting streak continues. It's a slew of questions here. We'll go through them fast. Um, some are kind of funny in jest, maybe serious, who knows. Uh, but the first one is, is Mel Tucker the new king of college football? Not yet. He's got to win a national championship. And Not there yet. College football. It's too early. Why? Too early, Why? Jason. <laughs> Why is Mel Tucker the new king of college football? See um, uh, first answer. He's great with recruits. I can tell you that he's great with marketing, great with media, great with knowing what goes well with young athletes. And I think some coaches are way behind in that. And you know, people are making fun of him. Some fan bases are out there saying, "Oh, dude, he's doing all these photo shoots for his personal gains." Like, no, there's a reason why he's doing this. He's doing this for recruiting for athletes. Yeah, Penn State fans are the worst. I hate when they say that. Michigan. Um, Speaking of which, did you guys see the Barstool PSU account post that thing about how they hate all Michigan? Po- all my homies hate po- Michigan. Penn State wants a rival with Michigan so bad, and it's actually adorable <laughs> that they want to try that hard. They're like not even top three rivalry with Michigan. I don't know what they're no. doing, but it makes me hate them. So it's they're, working. They would be four, maybe four. Yes, one hundred percent. It'd be Ohio four? State, Michigan State, Notre Dame, 
Penn yeah. State. Notre Dame ducks us because they're soft as hell. So maybe Penn State will jump them one day. Oh, maybe now no, Notre Dame, Michigan, CJ Carr, they actually need to revive that series. That's going to be an electric factor. They are reviving it, but I think it's going to be a year late for when he's like eligible to play. Oh, or he's going to be a nice. junior or senior. That'd I think you guys so play good. him in like 2027. 20, hmm. yeah. um, will Michigan State football win a Big Ten title this year or next year? This year, year, no. C.J. Stroud's still on the team. I think next year, just solid chance. I'm not saying I don't know what the rest the of the PT Big Ten comes look back. Like. Um, yeah, I think you nailed it, Alex. But yeah, if, if Thorne is back, Thorn. you got a good shot, as good a shot as most. But teams. I can see one within the next four years. Just talent coming that's coming in. Yeah, not this year, no, no. C.J. Stroud's P- way better. P.T. P.T. could be the. Kirk Cousins that lets Connor Cook, Kate and Hauser run. Maybe. Mm, that's not what happened. Was it close en- close enough though? Kirk Cousins, Andrew Maxwell, Andrew Maxwell moved aside to let Connor <laughs> Cook run. Yeah, but we're not I'm not gonna sit here and compare someone to Andrew Maxwell. Andrew Maxwell had made. a walk so Connor Cook could run. Kirk Cousins took um, Michigan State to the Big Ten championship game. He just lost. Because of uh, Isaiah Lewis. Yeah, that could be Peyton Thorne, though. Damn, 2011 Big Ten Championship game. Um, are you more excited to watch MSU football or basketball this year? Um, um, football, just solely biased, 100% all bias. I'll be in the stadium for all the home games. This is going to be my first year in four years that I will not be at all the home games for basketball. Football... I- there's just so much buzz in the offseason. There's not much like basketball offseason buzz because it's taken over by football. And also, like whenever a football program is good, I think it always, the sport's just way more exciting. So, it, and yeah, there's less games, so you put priority on that. Yeah, each week is a panic roller coaster ride. It's awesome. So I'm sure in the past for MSU, it's been basketball because if the football is bad, but like whenever football is competent, it's always football. Um, and now we switch to the Michigan side. Got some chops in. Alex, did you have something there? Why is Jim Har- Why is Jim Harbaugh just not recruiting kids in the class of 2023? Do you think he thinks he ha- already has enough talent on the current roster to just skip recruiting the class of 2023, which is an awesome spin zone. I love throwing that in there. <laughs> um, I think he is recruiting kids in the class of 2023. Whoever's had this sarcastic question. Yeah. Um, Similar and then theme. Breaking news rumor. <laughs> that is... It's good for Michigan, I guess. Is a guy that Michigan State was rumored to get yesterday is now Michigan lean, getting a bunch of crystal balls. So, wow. Can you say his name? Yeah, Eno Etta. Oh, I saw He's a ball for him. I saw a ball for him to the block him a couple. Right, and then yesterday there was massive buzz that he was going to cancel his Michigan visit this weekend, commit to Michigan State, but now it's swung all the way back. With Stanford mm. hanging out in the background. All right. Um, from the Michigan fan perspective in this, well, one real reason, which you already talked about many shows ago, when your coach almost takes an NFL job, it's going to be pretty easy for other coaches to negatively recruit you and say, hey, you don't know if that quirky guy is even going to be there throughout your four years or three years if you're NFL eligible after that. Okay. Two, I saw a tweet. I think it was it was a Michigan fan account, like double BB something, BB house. They gave a pretty good list of how Michigan likes to timeline-wise recruit kids, and most of Michigan's signings 
under Harbaugh have not even started till mid June. So we're getting close to the season till you should start being worried. And then a lot of them even like don't sign until after the season in December, January. I mean, they didn't sign Rashawn Gary until February. And you know, I know he was like the number one recruit and that's, that's how number one recruits go. But for a lot of recruits under Harbaugh, they haven't started recruiting them almost into like July at the earliest. So I wouldn't fully panic as a Michigan fan until you reach that point. So. No reason you, to panic. Yeah. It's all, it's, I mean, it's off season recruiting. It is fun though. I like in the same way, I don't really care. I understand fully why you guys care. Cause it's very fun when you get recruits. I'm just saying on the other side, don't, go crazy that you're not getting them, which makes it tough when Michigan State is getting all of them. It That's feels the like. only so, reason Michigan fans are panicking is because Michigan State is getting a flurry of commitments all at once. And C.J. Carr, because people actually had him like bookmarked to be a Michigan Wolverine. Well, right. So What a mess. See, see how it plays out. Alex gave a deadline August 1st, then you panic. Stick to that. If it's August um, 1st and you don't have any new ones, then you're not doing a good job. No. Um, all right. Pistons draft preview. We've talked about it a couple shows ago, so we won't go crazy in depth. We'll just do our generic um, questions of like who you want, who you think, uh, and different scenarios. So I will start with that obvious question. We'll go with who do you guys want the Pistons to draft? And this is tough because you could then give like if it's if if they trade this guy, you could have multiple. I want them to draft. If they trade Jeremy Grant, I want them to draft. If they don't trade Jeremy Grant, go a bunch of different ways. But I'm just curious overall where your thoughts are as we're a week away. Evan, you can lead. Yeah, I was thinking about this, and I've changed my opinion um, completely based off of who's playing in the finals right now. I love that. I love this. Live pivots. Just uh, – the Celtics completely drafted their entire roster. Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, all the wing players, uh, Patrick Williams, right? Rob, Robert. Robert, Robert Patrick Bird. Williams, Patrick. Patrick's on the Bulls. Bulls. You, you're there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm close enough. You're there. Um, and I want them to do the same thing. Follow that blueprint from the Celtics. Draft all your talent. I think you have two solid players. You have a superstar in Kate Cunningham. A very solid wing player in Sadiq Bay. So I want that third wing player that can round out the versatility of the offense. And I, I think it's Jaden Ivey now. Yes. Wow. I'm in the same camp. You guys have gone full I, I Ivy just, mode. It's, he's more athletic, and everyone's like, oh, he can't shoot as well. There is nothing that you can't do in the gym that just makes everybody shoot better. Jaden Tatum found a shot. Even Draymond had a shot for a few minutes. Then he had shoulder injuries, and now he can't find it. I mean, I just, there's you can never have too many athletes on the court at once. He can 100%. be like the Marcus Smart kind of like defensive guy, but can also like hurt you when he's wide open. He can slash a little bit better. He's younger, quicker, faster, stronger. I just like the length and I like the versatility of him covering more positions than two. I yeah. think he'd feel like a glove. And he's a, he's just another ball handler on the court. Yeah, now it's like now like the NBA where it's like, oh, it's not really like positions or who's bringing up the court. But also when you're looking at why the Celtics basically lost the last game is because they had like 19 turnovers. You need people that can handle they're, the ball consistently. They're sloppy with the ball. Yeah. And I'm all in on Jaden Ivey. Yes, the, the shooting questions me, but I, we also watched him just get to the rack at will whenever he wanted to and turn the corner. It's and kind of solid. Grant. 
he's got a solid looking jumper too so I, I usually get worried about bad shooters if their jumper looks disgusting like if mine looks better than theirs jane's looks okay like it looks solid it's not it doesn't look that bad so there's room to be done there and he was shooting a lot off the dribble as well which is tougher for most people alex and you probably say once every two shows that the pistons just they lack like super athletic players it's true fits, they do it's the mold there he does evan i would also say like one thing that's probably hurting Jaden ivy if you're watching his tape you're watching what he did for purdue purdue had two big post players just clogging up the lane yep so there's not a little like the five out nba like the positionless center basically like he's gonna have more room offensively when he gets to the nba like if he was in Iowa system, if you flip Joaquin Murray and Jaden Ivey, Jaden Ivey would even be better. And I don't know how much better. He, I don't think Keegan Murray would be where he is at today. Yeah. The and offense if, are just totally different. And if you think about the way the Pistons are building as of now, they don't have like a lane clogging center. So no. that plays in like something that well, I can stretch a little bit. They could in 20 seconds here if they get eight. But yeah, we're then, the, I saw yeah. that we were the favorite to get them at plus 230 According oh, to some wow. odds book that I saw is, this morning. That is intense, too, because it pretty much seems like he's going to be out of there. Like, I don't, it's all like he's not going back to Phoenix. He's going to be gone. Um, Alex, so you're Ivy. I'm Ivy. Yeah, Evan basically said everything I was going to say. Who do you guys think we will draft? It all depends on what are we at five? the fall. We're at five. I think it's not anything you've seen. We any will draft. Oh, well. I think it's going to be Murray because I think Ivy's going to go fourth. Yeah, I think Ivy's. Well, I think we bet Murray. Ivy's going to be gone. If Ivy's gone, it's going to be Murray. The sexy would be Sharp. Would be another guy that like. Um, I'm out know. on that. After I said I was interested last time. Yeah, it you would were just in, be. Sure. It, would, it would be I'm just like the now. diamond in the rough situation. Is my my takeaway on that? Let's see the latest mock from CBS. Well, wait. Sports. I got some news I brought to the table. That's going to factor into these. Yeah, I just had a gross reaction to be happy if that's who we take at five. That's a bad well, mock draft. If it is, then I might Dyson like Dyson Daniels. I, oh, no, no, no. All right. So here we go. I'm going to lay it out. And I stayed last because I, I differ a little bit from you guys right at this moment, which is good for the show. So the latest intel from Jonathan Giovoni from ESPN. Now. I do not subscribe to ESPN Plus because I have too many subscriptions. But thankfully, a bunch of the NBA is like the king aggregation league where people will basically take his article and write their own articles like NBA Rumor Central. They'll write it for you. So I just basically read his article through other people's. This is about Jane Ivey and the Kings who pick number four because it pretty much seems in this draft there's a guaranteed three. Um, the Thunder can mess that up. The Thunder are crazy. Sam Presti does whatever he wants. He could take Jay even Ivy in the top three. But what it sounds like is going to be like in any order, Chet, Paolo, Jabari, and then it's open. Now, the Kings are at four in front of us. This is the latest from Jonathan Giovanni, who's pretty plugged in. To recap, this is a summary from the Kings Herald, which is a Sacramento blog. So I went deep for this. Jay and Ivy has basically said he prefers the Kings not to draft him. He hasn't like done any of their medical work. He didn't go visit them from what I've read. Like he's just telling them he does not want to be picked to Sacramento, which normally I'd be like, that's kind of a diva move, but like Sacramento's so bad. Sacramento's the, one of the 
organizations in all of sports. That's like yeah. getting drafted so, by like Houston, Cleveland, or Detroit in football. So I don't blame Jay and Ivy for that. That that's fine. The Kings are making their pick available for any team that may want to go get Ivy because they're going to be like, we're going to take Ivy to get people to come up. Um, I believe their owner and the new head coach, Mike Brown, are fans of Keegan Murray. But the GM, unclear. So the GM, fire him. And Jonathan Javoni already cooked up in my head for you guys. Jonathan Javoni already, he still mocked Ivy to the Kings, but he's letting us know that Ivy is not, and also they drafted Donovan or Davion Mitchell last year, and they have um, De'Aaron Fox. So their backcourt is pretty full right now. So we'll see what happens there. He could be available at five. Alex, you had a hypothetical for us. Yeah, based on what you said, yep. would you, if if the Kings were willing, uh, would you trade the fifth pick and Jeremy Grant to go up to four to secure your person? Evan, it's just for Evan. No, I'm glad. And you asked assuming that. you get something back from the Kings, a player I'm just I don't not familiar with their roster. Is Buddy Hield still there? No, I don't want yeah, Buddy Hield's contract. I would uh, say Dante no. Divincenzo. I think he's there. I would still say no and force the Kings' hand of like who they draft, and we keep the fifth and pick. We'll you're get, comfortable with Murray at five, potentially. Yes, I'm comfortable with Murray at five, and then we still have Jeremy Grant to move on later in the draft. Somebody else that wants him, you know, a playoff team later in the draft that needs like a big push or somebody that wants to make the playoffs. It would suck, though, to get stuck with Murray and Grant because they're basically going to play the same position. That's why you trade. But if you can't, I mean, we're not oh, going to sell him for peanuts. Evan, would you take Davion Mitchell? They would not do that. They're, yes. They are a terrible organization. Yes. Davion Mitchell and the fourth pick for Jeremy Grant in the sold. fifth pick. Sold. De'Aaron Fox. Davion Mitchell is a dog. He'd be a ball handler, a little shorter, but he plays good defense. So then there's your backcourt. Well, your backcourt cool. would be when you have Ivy in the backcourt. No, because. Because you got to take someone at four still. Oh, wait. Now, yeah, we don't draft Ivy. We take someone so else. So now we would just have too many. No, you draft Ivy. You and take, then you now Dante Mitchell. No, then the Mitchell's coming off the bench. You don't, he wouldn't start. Wow. Davion and Killian Hayes off the bench. Or we now trade Killian. Have, now Killian. you have depth. Here's would you trade Isaiah on. Stewart in the fifth for the fourth pick? No. No, here's what I here's what I came up with today based on that info. Because also, in the same article, guys, we got a bomb dropped. I guess, I don't know how much of a bomb. It says Jeremy Grant is widely expected by the league to be traded this offseason. So there's buzz, there's smoke that it's not like, it's pretty pretty uh, out there that he is going to be traded this summer. So I factor that in. So Alex, this is my answer to you. I would not trade up in this draft with a package of Jeremy Grant unless I can get Paolo Bancaro. He's the only guy I think it's worth getting rid of Jeremy and our pick to go up and get. Like, I don't think the difference between Jaden and Keegan Murray and the guy I'm going to talk about in a second is that big right now at this point in their careers where I would do that move. I would agree with you. Now, from who I want. Benedict Matherin puke. Well, I'm going to say Benedict Matherin. 
So here's my concerns with Ivy. I still think he's a fantastic player. It could work out with the Pistons. If they draft him on draft night, I'm not going to be mad. I want that clear. This draft is weird. I like three guys basically at our pick that I could convince myself of. Jay and Ivy brings the flash. Here's the problem. This is what I've decided though. I want Cade Cunningham to be our primary ball handler and I want him to be doing it the bulk of the time. And I just, based on what I've seen from Jay and Ivy thus far in his career, it concerns me of him being like an off ball guard for us, just running around and whatnot. And I also think Jay and Ivy was not super great at the pick and roll in college basketball. Could get better, but I just think like he'd be better just being let loose as the guy with the ball in his hands. Well, we have Cade for that. And I don't want Cade off ball. So I would be more inclined at this point to let Cade be the primary guy. And then you have Sadiq Bey and Benedict Matherin, who is as athletic as Jay and Ivy. He's, he's right there as athletic as Jay and Ivy and is a 38%, 40% three-point shooter. And I've watched him carry his team to wins this year, especially in the, the NCAA tournament. I just think he's an absolute dog. He's also 6'6", so he's a little bit taller. He, I like that better as well. He had the dunk of the year in college basketball, so he's an athletic freak. I could really convince myself to take Benedict Matherin at five, even over Keegan Murray, who I still really like. So it's very tough. Troy Weaver's got a tough job. That's basically what I'm getting at. I'm just I'm driving a little Benedict Matherin propaganda machine. Like I said, I could also be fine with Jay and Ivy being picked. He shot 36.9% from three this year. Uh, mm-hmm. 39 or whatever you just said. 38 on spot-up attempts. That's just, I don't know why you cherry-picked that number. Because it's important for the NBA. That's what he's going to be getting early in his career in the NBA before he becomes a creator. He's going to be getting kicked out too. And he also, his assist numbers were solid for a shooting guard. He's like a, he's a, well, he's a shooting Evan, guard. Before Grant says anything else, what do you think is a solid assist number for a shooting guard? Assist? Like, define solid. That's, you're defining it. I'm asking oh, you. A solid number. I'm saying four and a half assists. Grant, what do you think? Four. He had two and a half. He averaged two and a half. So, not, not totally true that he is a great or above average assister for a two guard. Hey, look, I'm also just going off of eye test as well. Yeah, well, you should have said that. Like, I watched him play, and he made passes in games. So I'm like, okay, he's not just like a catch-and-shoot-in-the-corner guy. And he's also, based on the games that I saw him play, he is a guy with the ball in his hands shooting shots, creating shots himself. He can do that too. Is exactly what you do not want. That's what you just said. He's not going to be as much. Like, Jane Ivey was bringing the ball up all the time. You don't think Benedict Matherin brought the ball up all the time? No, he did not. They had another guard named Dalen Terry, or ended with Terry, that brought the ball up a lot for Arizona. Well, the yeah, as Evan mentioned, the rest of Purdue's team kind of sucked other than the big men. I mean, are you having uh, Stefanovic bringing the ball up? Uh, Eric Hunter, who's now a bulldog. Who's not a point guard by any means. Eric Hunter is a point guard. He didn't really play point guard. Because Jaden Ivey was on their team. I just think you got a weird, weird view of Jaden Ivey, and I don't get it. He he has the flashiest plays I've probably seen this year in college basketball, but there was a lot of times where he just was a volume shooter that was taking dumb shots, and I was like, why aren't you just doing different things? And he didn't get his teammates involved as much as I thought. Again, it could be the offensive scheme, but I'm just telling you, do not – I'm basically saying don't 
rule out and be like, oh, man, we took Benedict over Jane Ivey. If it happens, Bennett Matherman would be a really good player for the Detroit Pistons. I'm stunned that you have Ivey third in this tier of three guys. That's all. And right, if Ivey's on the board and we take Matherman, I'm, I am going to be disappointed. That's understandable. Many people would be. They'd be like, why did we t- pass on Ivy? Evan? I just I want Cade, who I know is fantastic, to drive this team as our point guard. I think he will no matter what. Everyone knows it's his team. They do. Bent Matherin also better than Ivy in at defense in college. You can teach defense if you're that athletic. Evan, please talk. But you guys were taking it away. You guys are in the good heated battle. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with being more athletic. It's all about position to need. And Grant sees Mather more than Ivy. And Grant has solid points of wanting K Cunningham to control the ball 75-80% of the time. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't want you to recap what we just talked about. I wanted you to just tell me what you thought. I already gave you why I want Ivy. That's why I didn't say Matherin's name. Yes, I would be upset if we drafted Matherin over Ivy. I would be just as upset. Good. Just wondering. Can I also tell you a stat for our guy, Jay and Ivy? And I'm, again, I like Jay and Ivy, but he averaged three assists this year in college basketball. So it's not like he's some John Morant level passer. People keep hearing John Morant and it annoys me because he's not even close to John Morant. Well, they don't really play the same position for one. They're both point guards. Jaden Ivey is not really a point guard. He's not going to play point guard in the NBA. That concerns me, how he's going to play off the ball. That's my concern with Jaden Ivey. Because he didn't in college. He had the ball in his hand, iso ball. I watched it in the Big Ten tournament for many games. He just stood there, dribbled between his legs, waited for a screen. What's Cade doing in those possessions? I'm not, I'm not going to give this argument another breath because it's just a dumb one. So what, again, what's your hammering home point then? Purdue's that makes starting it- lineup, Grant, they didn't have any guys that could do anything with the ball on their own. They didn't have any. They had big men, two down low. They, they had throw Eric to Hunter that could Who- initiate their offense. Oh, for God's sakes. Eric Hunter is now good enough to be uh, create on his own and be like a good serviceable point guard in the Big Ten? Because he wasn't. No, no, That's no, why no. he transferred. No, but Alex, but the point guard, he just runs the offense and then Jane Ivey runs action as a two-guard. You don't guard, think Matt Painter was do. like, hey, Jaden, just do it yourself because everyone else sucks? I think he did tell him to do that, which is my concern because in the NBA, I don't want Jane Ivey to do that on the Pistons because we think Jaden Ivey's going to walk in and be like, yep, I'm better than Cade Cunningham and I'm not going to let him have the ball. No, I just think maybe Jane Ivey was going to struggle as a pure two-guard role coming off the ball. He's going to be like, I need the ball in my hands to be my best. That's my point. I think he's a very skilled player. I just don't know if he's right for the Pistons with Kate Cunningham. And I, I don't think the drop-off to Benedict Matherin is that far. That's why I would do it. If Jane Ivey was like, oh my God, he blew me away, would take him no matter what. Well, you're what. not saying there's any drop-off. You're saying Benedict Matherin's better. For the Pistons, I think he is. Because then you have Cade, Benedict, Sadiq Bay, three guys that you're not worried that can knock down threes at a high clip. Well, at least Sadiq can, and then Matherin should based on his numbers, and then Cade's getting there. He's a volume guy, but okay. 
I think it's a bad take, but it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I just don't think it's that. I don't think Pistons fans should be stunned or like, oh my God, what is Troy Weaver doing if we take Benedict Matherin? I think he's on the same caliber. I mean, Matherin shot 0.8% better from three this year. We're splitting hairs. Yeah, and we're also splitting hairs with your assist point because Jay and Ivy is not some uh, I didn't say Jay and Ivy was good at passing. You said Benedict Matherin was. I was just telling you his stats. Well, that's a huge factor in Jay and Ivy's game because he's going to want the ball. Jay and Ivy turns the ball over a little bit. You could have said that. He does do that. I, I thought that was a given. And he no-showed against St. Peter's, which <laughs> will always be in the back of my head. That someone that good just no-showed against St. Peter's. St. Peter's. Doug. Had a really good tournament. Who's that, that guy? Who's that guy from Doug? Doug, Doug something. Clamped him. <laughs> I think the problem. No, I'm not going to do it. Just for <laughs> This is a good. This is a good uh, tip Purdue, off point. This is Purdue's offense is built like a 1960s basketball team. So no wonder that if they just clogged the paint, like Evan said, if a team just only worried about clogging the paint and Ailes. getting stopping Ivy, then he's going to suck. That was a bad – I don't think that's accurate. I Multiple people in college basketball say Purdue won some of the most advanced pick-and-roll offense in college basketball, and they don't. They didn't play Edie and I – and um, uh, Trey, They didn't play Trey them at Williams. the same time often. Right. No, I know that. They, they, they still ran like a very off-ball screens, on-ball screens type offense. Like they weren't just like running – Two guys on the blocks, entry pass, get out of the way. More so talking about their roster construction. But with one big man that starts and one big man off the bench. And a bunch of just like below average players. And then yes. Purdue was below average. Purdue was a very good basketball team last year. Yeah, they had a really skilled big man, a really ginormous big man that could get points whenever. And they had one of the best players in college basketball, Jaden Ivey. A sharpshooter. And then a glue guy at the four, and a veteran guard. They're pretty good. Stevanovich, in fairness, Stevanovich sucked this past year. He was not as good as he was in the previous couple of years. No, but he's still a threat. And correct, threat. he's still a threat. You still have to honor him. Yes. Yeah, kind of like like Clay with the Warriors. Like even if Clay's off, you're not going to leave Clay open. I'm just saying, a lot of Purdue success was based on Jaden Ivey, and you just you're just kind of like making it seem like it's not. Like he was a big reason for why they were good. The, yeah, probably the main he's, reason. He's really good. He's yes. a really good basketball player. Yes, he is. Better than Benedict Matherin, and then we can move on. Well, we'll dis we'll dis we'll agree to disagree as we move on to the U.S. Open, um, which is this week, and we have live questions as well. So I guess we'll start with the live questions because these were, these came last week, but we didn't get to them because it was long. Um, so on the live tour, our li as listener Cody with a K points out. Four tournaments in the U.S., four overseas. Each week they play for a pile of money and redraft their teams. That kind of sounds crazy. Other than the blood money funding this, it's a huge caveat. What makes people so mad? This is an exciting new league. Just enjoy it for the time being and let the future of golf evolve. Part two. Eh, we'll just do part one for now because they're separate. Your guys' official thoughts on Liv now that you've seen it play one week. My official thought, I'll let Evan talk. I've talked a lot lately. Evan, go ahead. Yeah, we need to hear Evan. Um, I don't really care about 
who plays where. Um, they're going, they're chasing a bag. They're playing a different tournament style. They're getting away from the traditional PGA Tour. Um, I still think a lot of this has to do with like sponsorships and like tied down to what tournaments you have to play in and where you can and cannot go. Um, I think it's more freedom. Um, it's a different format. It's new and exciting. It's always what Barney Stentz would say. New is always better. Um, and right now, that's what people see is new is always better. And just when they throw a crap ton of money at you, it's going to be hard to say no. I don't blame them for going there. I just don't see why people have to be so upset about it. Let it have its two, three years of fun and then let it just burn down and they'll all just come back anyways. Evan's predicting doom for the live tour. <laughs> when, if nobody watches, they can't generate money if they're going to run out. Um, For the point of the question when they said other than the blood money funniness, that's a huge point. Like, But again, you can like nitpick that. The main that, point like, for most people. Like you can nitpick that point. Like Saudi Arabia is involved in a bunch of things. Like there are that investment fund that's in this. I read that like invest in Twitter, which is ironic because a lot of people that are mad about it use Twitter as their platform to say they're mad about it. Saudi Arabia makes money off of that. They are investors in Uber. I mean, like Saudi Arabia's money is involved in all of our lives in one way or another that we're just not aware. So that's a big part. But I can see how you like, well, then you couldn't do anything basically. But what I will say is a big part of for what makes me annoyed is like the which they're probably being told to basically like through their contract is like no one on the Lyft tour has said we're just doing this for money. Like I just don't like to be lied to or like a grant pet you on the head and like no we're doing it to as Phil Mickelson says grow the game of golf like okay like you're doing it for money. Um, I know you probably can't say that but I'd respect you more if you just did say that. I think Bryson kind of said that in a way he was like yeah. Um, the money was really good. Like, I just need more people to say that that's the only reason these people are going for a lighter work, more money, which as Americans we can respect. So I'm not going to draw some moral high ground, but that's a big part where people are annoyed because they're just not being transparent about it. Yeah. Uh, I'm not mad that people are going. I just think that um, the product stinks the players aren't good. They have zero top 10 players there. Current, uh, the current official world golf rankings. They have zero top 10 players. Dustin Johnson's 16. Bryson's 29th. Cause they don't so, play. You have to play to get, and if they're injured and they're skipping tournaments, their rankings go down. That's why. Right. But Phil Mickelson's one of your biggest faces and he's like 50 something years old. Most mm-hmm. of these guys are old. The young guys aren't leaving or haven't left yet, other than Bryson. I guess it says Ricky's going. Ricky's kind of old. Uh, now, he has stops. not gone yet because Rocket Mortgage hasn't canceled his. Uh... Mm. I've read the only young guy that went that was kind of surprising was Taylor Gooch because he actually won an event on the tour and was like around like a younger age, but he bolted. Yeah, he's thirty fifth in the world, Taylor Gooch. They got Kevin Na, super old, Sergio old, and then a bunch of guys that Lee Westwood, Ian Poulters, that were good 20 years ago. So I'm not mad that anyone goes if you want your money. And I think it makes sense for guys like James Pyatt to go because he's, you know, I, I'm not saying that his U.S. amateur was a fluke, but he's not some up-and-coming Jordan Spieth by any means. So go collect your... I think he made $153,000 in the first week and they paid him a million to join. 
So if you're in that situation, yeah, I think it makes sense. Yeah, but, another thing is like it's guaranteed contracts for like you like if you're not the top of the world, you don't have the best sponsorships. You're not winning the right. Big, it makes sense for guys like that to go. Then you're financially better off playing in a tournament with guaranteed contracts. Right. And I think this will at least get the PGA Tour to reconsider how they do things. But, yeah, I'm not mad about it. I just think it it's not going to last. It's not good. They don't have a TV deal. It's on YouTube. Yeah, I just... Accessible platform for everyone, though. Spin like, I, I, don't, I don't find it exciting or, like, cool. I watched, like, five minutes of it, and... Um, the way they abbreviate the names on the far left is so terrible. I couldn't I tell who that. was who, so I just hated like, that. I liked that they had like the NASCAR style like leaderboard, I guess, moving up yeah. and down. But if I don't know who's who based on like two, three letters, then yeah, it was very really they, they do like the first three letters of everyone's last name, and I was like, I don't know who that is. Like, who is that? And the announcers then, uh, they, also sucked. They do this really terrible like a ping notification every time they like highlight someone's name on the leaderboard. And I thought it was like my Slack notification going off the whole time. So I was like, I can't watch this. This is just, or I have to watch it on mute. So, but this is their first broadcast. They'll get quirks. And I think like what you said, Alex is the biggest point of like the format. I mean, and John Rahm had a great quote. I saw is that he's like a 54 hole shotgun start is just not really like professional golf the way it's been played. So he was just saying, that's just not what I want to play every weekend. I want to play, at Jack Nicholas's course, I want to play the Arnold Palmer invite in a standard four day, you know, not shotgun start event. And I can get behind that. Like, he's just like, yeah, this is not what I want to play because I can't really measure myself against the best that way. I also hate the sh- Well, I can see the point of the shotgun start is so that everyone plays in the same conditions. That's like the big deal about it, I guess. But like watching big tournaments and getting excited for the final groups and like having a sweet final group pairing. That's like the whole point of it. So, Hmm. and like, no, I don't need to watch all the scrubs while the leaders are playing at the same time. What's the point of that? Yeah. Product. I think it's, it's definitely, it's something it's interesting. It's new. Um, the part two was who was the one person you could see make a move that would stun the world, but you could see it happening. Stun the world. I got one. That had to be like a top 10 player. Then. I don't know if it would stun. It's just a natural. Uh, I could see Brooks Kepka eventually going because his brother's in it. So maybe you're at Christmas or Thanksgiving and you're like, hey, Chase, you know, how's that live money? He's like, all right, fine, I'll do it. And Brooks, we already know, has said he wants golf to be shorter anyways. Uh, did you and see like his comments only, this week, though? He's I did see pissed that. off because everyone keeps on talking about Asking about it. Yeah. I so I think... That's Maybe more like he, he doesn't want people talking about it. Like he could go because like Dustin pledged his allegiance to the tour and then went back on it. Like in February, Dustin Johnson said, I'm staying with the tour. So right. if the bag gets big enough, and he talks to Chase and Chase is driving a sweet car to family Christmas. He might be like, you know, I might just play that tournament. The PGA Tour is only helping the live tour every single time that they have a media member ask a player they need to, about yeah, it. Just stop talking about it. If you yeah, quit talking, you're out. like any publicity for the live tour is good publicity right now. And the more they keep on talking, it you turn on the golf channel, which is sponsored by the PGA Tour. Arnold Palmer built that golf channel. That's half of their conversations about the live tour. Yeah, they it's just like the most. Stop it's talking like the about biggest it. drama in sports right now, though, because it's the real. The I real would deal I would avoid it at all costs so you don't give them free advertising. 
Yeah. Well, I guess they can't really stop unless they do it because the live was like throwing people journalists out of their event. Like they, the PJ can't throw people out of their event for asking questions about the live. But it's like, yeah, what do they do? Because that's all journalists and reporters want to talk about right now is the live. Talk about the U.S. Open. Well, you know, one of <laughs> they your better just hope biggest tournaments. If, if DJ or one of the guys, Taylor Gooch, tries to win this thing, win that I mean, that would be an all-time weekend in golf. <laughs> If one of these guys pulled it out, but it's really fascinating. It was worth the question because I've heard everyone talk about it, even like not big golf guys are like wondering about this league and comparing it to other sports. But it seems like a decent threat to the league. It's because they have like endless money. Like that's what do you the do one thing. Where does all this money come from? How do they have this much money? It's oil money, baby. Saudi they're Arabia. Not, dude. They're not making they're, money from their tour. They're terrible people and they don't care about making a profit because like what they want to do is like make Saudi Arabia seem normal to the outside world by having a golf league. And then like, oh, yeah, Saudi Arabia doesn't like hate terrible things, have terrible human rights and like murder people that they shouldn't. So like that's what they're trying to do through this golf league. The PGA Tour should just start guaranteeing money. Yes, there should be guaranteed contracts based off of your 20 seconds name, image and likeness, your brand, how well off you are, like. How well you represent yourself outside of golf, you do for the community is what you give back. And then it's like a certain amount. And then like your world golf rankings changes your contract based off of every year. The PGA should also adopt from the live at least a segment of the year where they do more team golf events. Because I do like the idea of being on a team. Because that'd be more fun for us fans who are used to rooting for teams to then root for a like team tailor-made, team Callaway. That would be That's a good idea. Because I would say I need the teams to be the same every week. Yeah. I don't want like it to just change. Do the sponsors of like golf equipment and maybe God, it's we like could a, fix so many things if we, they just let us sit in a room like and a, talk about like, it. Dude, Ryder Cup people love. Ryder Cup's like the best. Like just well, that do is a our one country grant. Do like one month a year of the golf event when it's a low point in the year and you do a team month event where like the guys still play individually in one tournament. Maybe they do a scramble event, a best ball event. They could do whatever they want. Just make it a team because that's fun to root for. So I can that's, see, that's what I would yeah. say. They should copy from them. There's some things they should take, and then they should burn this league to the ground. <laughs> they could, yeah. Because it um, sucks. All right, so now an actual non-Live tournament with Live golfers in at the U.S. Open in Brookline, Massachusetts, in Boston. I kind of like that it's in Boston. It feels like very U.S. Open-y, like Boston, you think about as a very founding of America city. It just feels right. Um, th- I'm sure the rough will be absolutely insane. Uh like it always is in U.S. Opens. So we'll do our classic favorite and long shot pick. Long shot cutoff is like 4,000, correct? Is that what we do? I feel like it varies. Major no, 4,000 is not enough. I'm just looking at this list. We got to go. FanDuel? I'm on DraftKings. I'm on DraftKings? I'd say plus 8,000 and up. Whoa, then, then my pick is out. Because I have a guy that's plus... Like in the 6,000 range that I had on FanDuel, but I don't know what it is on DraftKings. Well, who is it? Right well, I can't tell you because then you're going to take them. Well, well, I think you're saying this has got to be higher than 4,000. Uh, yeah. Why'd you well, go There's 8, some 000? good guys in the 4,000s. They still don't, haven't shots. played, do- dude. Brooks Kapka is at plus 4,000. He is well, coming he hasn't back from. really been relevant. Max Homer just surgery. won, and he's at plus 4,500. He's never won a major. I think that's it. He's I won think, once. All right, fine. Plus 4,000. All right. <laughs> it doesn't affect me. Grant can argue this, but I already got two guys, and they're both plus well over four. Well, one's four thousand, the other one's 
double that. So your your favorite you have at four thousand? Yes, because ten of the three, the last three U.S. Opens have been first time winners. Wow, that's that. no Berger. All right, I'll, let me. I'm gonna do, I call going my... first. I'm picking Daniel Berger first. <laughs> wow, as your that's favorite, my long as shot. my favorite, I'm picking Daniel Berger. Wow, gross. That's funny. Any reason why? Um, he's first time winner. First, first time winner. Cool um, last name. You're hungry. I thought I had my stats you, lined up. You want to eat a burger? He's 15th in the PGA in driving accuracy. And from everything that I've been reading, driving is the key. If you're not accurate, if you can't find your driver, you might as well don't even show up for the cut because you're not going to do well. Um, so unless, yeah, so you're like a, unless you're like a Bryson where you just hit it so far like he did that one time, it doesn't yes. matter. That was yes. stupid. <laughs> God, I don't like Bryson. Um, and I had another He finished tied for fifth last week in Memorial, so he's coming off hot. Hot. He's putting. He's seeing, he's seeing the ball well. Yep. To me? My favorite. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Yes, Grant, you go first. <laughs> no. Plus, he's a true favorite. He's plus 1,400 on DraftKings. Scotty Scheffler. Oh, yeah, I think him. he's going to, he could win two majors this year off of the Masters. Um, the stats I was diving into that I thought were going to help is basically how good of a ball striker you are, how good you are from the tee from after the tee to the green. Those approach shots are huge. I heard the greens are absolutely tiny. So if you, like, I'm just picturing like a little coaster size green. So if you can really have good iron shots in, you have a good chance to win this week. And all the stats I looked at, Sky Scheffler, he has good iron play. So I'm taking Sky Scheffler. Mm, Daniel Berger, ninth in sand save percentage. Small greens means more bunkers. And in 2013 U.S. Amateur Tournament, Scotty Scheffler finished like in the top five. There's a couple of guys that played in that event that are in this field. He finished top five, so he knows this course and he played well played here at least. This course, wow, Grant, you're giving off. There's a couple guys that played in it. I saw like like. Well, I'm not going to say his name, but Alex, Sam, go ahead. Sam, right now, Rory please McElroy is Rory my McElroy. favorite. Rory oh, won last pl- week, top five the week before. Alex He's playing <laughs> really well. Hey, the last he, three champions have been first timers. I I heard you, Evan. Oh, history doesn't always repeat itself. Has Rory not won a U.S. Open? He has. He has actually, he? Uh, he's won surprising. everything but the Masters, I believe. Doesn't win a lot these days. Uh, he won last week, actually. Um, <laughs> I know. I'm saying majors. Great driver of the golf ball, probably the best um, in the last like ten years. So he's got that. Evan said that's a factor. Ball striking, he's one of the best at that too. Grant, he takes your stats. Are you just as well. like talking about this? Or are you actually giving up the stats of what I'm telling he you? What is. I watch, he's I from just, but him. you also got to watch that. No, he's one of the best drivers of the golf ball of all time. His no, putting was, always ruins him. He is not total, a great putter. Final. That's usually his problem. And go to his performance now. I'm, I'm going, Evan. <laughs> and see what his stats are. Okay, okay. Driving accuracy percentage. <laughs> do it. Do you, uh, do you have it up or, is, or are you just... I love no, I have my guy up. That's what I'm picking it. next okay. is my long shot. I love that Alex is taking the uh, PGA oh. spokesperson for this event. Off the tee? Is that what we're looking at? Driving accuracy percentage. Where's that at, Evan? Dude, go to his PGA Tour profile. I'm on it. Go over to performance. I'm on performance. Scroll down a little bit. Yep. And there's driving distance, driving accuracy percentage, I see. regulation. 
Tita Green, he's first off the tees, first driving distance, he's third. Driving accuracy, 112th. Driving distance, fourth. Driving accuracy percentage, he is 112th. He is T to green the first Gilly, in the entire tour. I don't tour. care. Give me the driving accuracy percentage stat. 60%. What is that rank? 112th. <laughs> Thank you. That's what I wanted to hear. And he's top five in every category on the rest of these lists. Uh, oh, Birdie average? Uh, where's that one? It's like four below driving accuracy. Do I had to click putting? No. Yeah, I do, actually. No, you don't. It's right there. Birdie average, right on two under driving accuracy percentage. Oh, uh, it's because I don't have the full full website. Oh, but make sure, Alex, you're not just like sorted just by the RBC opening. I know like, that, Grant. The last tournament, and he won that, so he probably played well. <laughs> well, Alex, sounds like your pick stinks because he can't drive yep. straight. Oh, you, you guys are stupid. Find these stats, dude. Look oh, up but the stats. But he is the, he is the also, he's one of the vanilla. best drivers of the golf ball of all time. It's a vanilla pick because he's actually like the odds-on favorite to win. He is the favorite so to win, and you guys are telling me that it's bad. That means none of us can pick our boy, Willie. Wow, feels bad. Willie. Evan, your long shot. My long shot. Over. Watch it, Alex. Driving accuracy percentage ranked third. <laughs> you guys just basing it on driving accuracy. Yes. <laughs> I like yes, it. I this is his stat. I'm <laughs> going back to my well. I already picked him once. I'm picking Abraham Answer again. Oh, thank God. The he answer. hits the ball like 12 yards. No, he actually, his average, driving distance average actually is. Oh, jeez. You got the actually crowd uh, going. 294.3. Sounds good. It's 139th. But accuracy, baby. You got to hit the fairways. The rough is thick. I will give you that. I was using a different stat site for mine. I want to like pull up my guy on this one now so I can talk you guys. Now I'm language. pulling mine up so that I don't mess I was up using like a. I was using like a. All right, 87. I was using like the. NBC Sports Edge tools. Both my guys were in top 15, Alex. So. <laughs> okay, but my guys hit it far and have won. Off the tee. And you said it has to be a first time winner for first timers. I'm picking a first timer for the second one. Daniel Berger's coming off of hot. Abraham Answer played very well in the PGA Championship. Proves to green. Um, so there's my long shot. He's also plus 8,000, so I'm not. I'm not. I'm Would not Abraham Answer finish at. Uh, PJ, tied for ninth. All right. Oh, I guy finished tied for thirteenth. Are you guys ready for this? Yeah. My long shot is plus six thousand five hundred. Ooh, let me guess. Maybe wait. Value play. It's the man, the myth, the legend. There's two of them already. Harold Varner the third. Oh, that's just a really, really bad pick. You're a really, really bad no. golf analyst. No, give me some stats though. <laughs> that's that's really yes. Off strokes gain T to green off the T. This man is 32nd in the tour. He's driving it well. His approach to the green, 29th on tour. He's okay. getting it to the green well. If he misses the green somehow, guess what? He's 13th in the tour around the green to get up and down scrambling 33rd he's going to save pars which you need to do in u.s opens is putting it's top 100 it's 97th it's not mm-hmm. great but it's a good enough to win this tournament so that's a well-rounded player going into this event who's he's been in the mix in How some many big tournaments this year, this year. Grant? 
Probably zero, but he's been in the mix. How many wins does he have in his career, Grant? First time winner, Alex. First time winner. First time Thank you, Grant. First time he's winner. He's an American. If you don't root for him, he's from Akron, Ohio, East Carolina oh. University. Now I'm just reading off all of his stats. Yeah. You got to root for Harold Var on the third. He's an Air Jordan brand, too. Take that bad pick and shove. Shove it. Yeah. Um, one up, right. uh, I'm taking a guy I've taken before. First time winner, young guy. I trust the young guys more. Um, Harold Varner's kind of old now, by the way. 31. That's yeah, he's that's in his prime. old for the tour. Max Homa, prime. plus 4,500. Oh, dude, I, I put this guy on the true. map, dude. I put this guy you on the map. You put him the on the map. He just yes, won I, a few weeks ago. He finished you out there the PGA. All Alex, of us to pick somebody Alex. eight thousand or higher, and you come down here to forty five. You, you pick those the two are be the rules. guys. You, you pick the two sockiest guys. Yeah, you sometimes you guys overthink it. Baby Alex. soft. And guess what? I did put him on. I picked Max Homa when he was plus eight thousand for the Masters to start this year, and you guys were like Max Homa, and now look at him. He's he's good. He's like plus four thousand. All right, Alex. Decide that between all of us three, we're gonna average the. Place finish for our two guys that we're taking. Whoever has eyes. Sure. I don't, know if I'm that com- I don't know if I'm that confident in Harold Varner. I am that confident. I know I'll <laughs> yeah, win. Yeah, you should be. You picked like the easiest You guys. made the rules. No, why, would I over- why would I overthink it and take some, uh, who'd you take? Daniel Berger to win the U.S. Open. I'm not placing this bet for real. Driving I'm just trying to be right. Alex. He I'm might not saying, even make the dude. cut. Alex, I, I guarantee. Alex, I bet you hundred dollars he makes a cut. You don't have hundred dollars right now. Correct. I don't. That's, so that's why I'm so confident. Bet. I can bet you, and you have to give me the hundred dollars. Yeah. I wanted to spice up our bets or picks this week because I, you know, I can't pick Max Home as a long shot every tournament. Correct. You know? So I spice. You just up. went back to the well. I picked two I guys looked, I've never talked about. I wanted to take Daniel Berger as my long shot. No, you did not. I said it out loud. Yeah, because I said my guy's would, plus four thousand, and there's two, would want three guys. Plus four thousand guy. Yes, I'm not taking Mito Pereira after what I saw. In no one's 18. ever taking him. <laughs> He's plus forty five hundred. Anyways, good ball strike. I almost took Tommy Fleetwood, but he doesn't have the distance. It also sucks to say we're not doing a snake draft, but congrats to Alex on winning the quarterback draft based on comments I've seen. So people fell for the flashy players. Yep. Evan, you also got a lot of hate. A lot of yeah, I, I just simply just not drafting quarterbacks that I do not like. So, I and mean, a lot of hate know. in Evan's direction. I do people not thought care. you were joking. People, some people <laughs> thought, thought it was thought a joke. You were joking. But if you, if they had a draft in my position, or you're taking Lamar and Dak, congrats, bro. Yeah, I mean, Lamar's yeah, a weird pick. He can't throw. Way to go, chalk. So. Way to go, chalky, chalk, chalk. Yeah, but Kyler Murray, young, small little miniature Kyler Murray is adorable, and I wanted him. Yeah, no, it did actually fit the graphic perfectly. <laughs> yes. I was laughing when I made it. I was like, that is perfect for the graphic. Um, that's the show, guys. We made it almost to two hours. We really, when Holy I thought there was buckets. nothing to, I thought there was nothing to talk about yeah. tonight. There was Jaden Ivey and Liv Golf to, just took the show. <laughs> oh, and Top Gun. Top I forgot gun. to add Top, top Gun. Oh, and the, the late Top yeah. Gun. For I would have cut out a different topic if I knew Top Gun, if I remembered that. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the show. At Shot of MS Everywhere. Spotify, YouTube, Apple is where you can listen. Just support. Keep supporting. We're just grinding on a Wednesday, two hours for this. So support the show. Send it, be a friend. Send it to a friend that you have. Ask them whether they want Jay and Ivy or Benedict Matherin or Keegan Murray. See what they do. Hopefully, 
it's civil. You know, we Alex and I ended civil. Just testy in the middle, but then you get civil. sure. <laughs> well, he's mad. I'm I'm laughing at what Evan's doing on the screen. <laughs> With all that being said, cheers to episode seventy six, my last drop of high noon. Cheers, Daniel Berger. Cheers. To Roy and Happy Father's Day. <laughs>